You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. This is East Carolina All-American Bryant Packard, and we're talking Pirate Baseball and the Sports Objective. You're listening to Extra Innings, presented by Next Level Training Center on the Sports Objective. Join us every Sunday night on Facebook Live and our YouTube channel as we talk East Carolina baseball. As we look back at the previous week and take a look at what's ahead. Now, let's talk Pirate Baseball. Welcome in to Extra Innings, brought to you by, presented by Next Level Training Center. Want to give a shout out to Trent and Gaynell Britt. Appreciate their support of the program. You can just go to nextleveltc.com or call them at 252-756-NEXT. Let's bring in Kyle from LaGrange Barber. What's up, dude? Hola, mi amigos. Come on a stop, Bubba. Doing well. Uh, just headed home from the Hornets game. Appreciate you guys delaying the start of the show about an hour tonight. Uh, originally planned to go live about 930, but uh, – Hornets game ran a little long. Uh, the Hornets came back from down 21 and actually got a win. Uh, those have been few and far between this year. 115-109 um, over the Indiana Pacers. But speaking of wins, the Pirates got four in five games last week and have now won, I believe it's like 10 out of 11 or 11 out of 12. Um, playing, playing great baseball. Did come up short down at UNT Wilmington and we'll – been a couple minutes uh, on that before we move on uh, to William and Mary in Missouri State, but uh, all in all, an excellent week, and we're tenth once again in the polls, and not only the D1 baseball poll, but also Baseball America. Yeah, and USA Today. Uh, so, I think the three biggest polls out there were all in the top ten. I was shocked to see us in the top ten in Baseball America. They always seem to be the toughest critic to the Pirates. Call it ACC bias, if you will, but they have us in the top ten, so you can't complain about that. Got to give a shout out to Shell and tonight uh, from South Charlotte. By the way, I got to give a. We'll talk ECU baseball in just a second, but I want to brag about Shell's son Randy. I know he'll probably kill me, but guys, did you know that Charlotte Catholic, the lacrosse team there, is uh, literally tenth in the nation. His son is uh, a freshman, and one of only two freshmen to make the team. His son Randy, and really proud for Shell, a great pirate and. Uh, Man, they're doing great. In fact, they're number two in North Carolina, guys. So, um, by the way, Bubba, he says that he wants you to cover. Uh, they've got a big matchup uh, coming up um, against, uh, I believe it was Cardinal Gibbons. Uh, help me out, Shell. But anyway, he wants you to cover that game if you can. Sure. In Charlotte area. Shell, um, we'll, cert- we'll certainly get with you off the air and uh, see the date and time of that game. And even even if I can't attend – if uh, you're able to record some footage or, you know, one of your friends uh, and get it in our hands and we'll certainly uh, put it out on our social media, et cetera. Uh, yeah, but I wanted to uh, say that before. It's at War Memorial Stadium on uh, next Saturday. That's right. For, I knew it was uh, coming up on the 1st, April Fool's Day. So, um, Shell, appreciate you and all the support of the program. He's a great friend and appreciate all he, all he does for for Pirate Nation and uh, a good pirate. So want to give that a shout out. Guys, uh, now speaking of winners, uh, man, uh, the Pirates, you know, last week 5-0. and Then this week they go 4-1. and uh, Tough game in Wilmington, Bubba. But, you know, overall, um, really happy with this program. Really happy. Uh, one thing I was going to say, so let me say hey to Justin real quick. Justin Butts, what's up, dude? Uh, just want to say that 
the great thing about this team is they're a top 10 program, guys, and they haven't played, Kyle, they haven't played their best baseball yet. That's the scary part. No, I think we're pissing real well, but I don't think we have completely come together as far as hitting. Um, I, you're starting to see bits and pieces of it. We got more power on this team than we're showing. We're executing. We executed really well this past weekend in small ball and in, in, in baseball, moving moving runners along to bases and getting them home. Um, and I think you're right. I don't think we played our best baseball. At least I hope not. Um, it'll be interesting to see how far this team goes. You know, everybody always the goal is Omaha. Long ways to go, but. Um, you see the pitching depth there, and you know the bats are there, and they're, they're you know I think the power, and we've shown some power. I think it'll become more consistent as the season goes on. But that and we'll we'll break down the games in order. But that's people from Missouri State. I, I know most Pirate fans are diehard and they know college baseball. You know Missouri State, they're they they've been to the College World Series. They were a regional team last year. They're in the top twenty-five in home runs this year, and boy, they didn't show it this weekend. Well, you know, yeah, and, and, and our arms players. had a lot, a lot to do with that. Uh, go, go ahead, Dave. No, that's that's exactly what I was going to say, Bubba. I don't think they played bad. I just think that's how good our arms uh, were as far as uh, pitching is concerned. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, you know, like we mentioned in the open, we're not going to spend a ton of time on the UNC Wilmington game, being that it was nearly a week ago. Uh, we could go tomorrow. But uh, last Tuesday, uh, the Pirates had their chances early and did get one in the top of the first, but left the bases loaded. And that was one of, I think, three times in the game that we left the bases loaded in the first, second, and then the eighth. Um, left a lot on early. Um, like I mentioned, those six in the first two innings, and then we left two also on in the uh, top of the seventh. So we had our chances, didn't capitalize, left 15 runners on in the game. Um, Jake Hunter. After getting the start the previous week at Elon, he got the start um, and did some good things. Um, struck out five. Uh, also a rough patch or two there. But And we'll certainly talk more about Jake as he had a terrific outing in the Saturday game against Missouri State. And uh, also Wyatt Lunsford-Shinkman, who's been excellent um, yes. outside of one of them one of uh, his appearances this year, and that was the one at North Carolina. Uh, he, he came in, also struck out five in relief and just right around two innings of work and uh, gave, gave the bats a chance, just unable to, to come through. Uh, but moving on to the William and Mary game, um, the Tribe actually jumped ahead of the Pirates three to nothing. Uh, Garrett Saylor, after starting the previous week against Queens, got the starting nod. Eight days later, and uh, he pitched pretty well early, but then the, the Tribe used four singles, I believe it was, there in the top of the fourth. And then the, the Pirates, as we so often do, responded with three spot, scoring three on five hits in the bottom of the fourth. And then we scored three more in the bottom of the fifth and then held on for the six to five victory. And no doubt. And, guys, I was going to say that the very fact of this team is going to be really, really dangerous when those bats get really hot and and swinging. I tell you what, because we're starting to see guys that, you know, like Moylan, we can talk about him, but Moylan, um, you know, everybody was talking about what's up with Josh Moylan. He's been red hot. Lane Hoover, you know, Bubba people and how they were uh, talking, what's up with Hoove? And the only reason Ho Hoover's turned it on for sure. Yeah. What's up with Hoover? The only reason Cliff Godwin's playing him is because that's his boy. Well, I like I said a couple weeks ago, um, 
he may be <laughs> Cliff's boy, but Cliff is not going to play somebody just to play him. Um, he's about winning ball games. No, and, and, and Hoover was always good in the field. He, he yeah, his bat was cold, and now it's heated up. And Cliff yeah. knew that would happen. And the only way he's going to heat it up is to play. Exactly. Exactly. And Moylan. Yeah, uh, go ahead, Bubba. I was just going to say, as far as, far as Hoover, he gave him gave him a couple games where he um, didn't start, may, maybe didn't play. You know, it, one of those games he came off the bench. Uh, maybe it was a late inning defensive replacement and that sort of thing. Uh, but, yeah, when I think of the situation with Lane Hoover, such a proven commodity, uh, it reminds me of something that Coach Godwin said to the media several years ago now. Um, Trey Benton was struggling a bit, and he was asked about Trey's struggles, and you know, Coach got a little uh, fired up saying, he said, zero worry. He said, got me. And that was kind of the way I felt about Lane Hoover. You, you knew it was just going to be a matter of time. And uh, we'll talk more about the excellent week he had uh, because uh, he's, he's certainly uh, – he, his batting average went up about 100 points last week. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, uh, again, um, <clears throat> I think people are worried way too much about the offense. The offense is going to be fine. And, and guys, we're 16-4 and four already. You know, um, this team hasn't even really, uh, I think, even like hit it. Like I said, it's a potential. We're way only what a month into the season. So um, people have nothing to worry about. I don't think very many people are worried. I I mean, you're 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 talking about a vocal minority. The the, the offense, they are. They are worried about. Well, look, as the weather heats up, the bats heat up. And and typically we really start to hit the ball really well around tournament time when exams are done and we can really just concentrate on baseball. So, yeah, I – um, and also, there's game plan. We're bunting a lot. We're moving people over because our pitching. Sometimes you, you play baseball a certain way because you, you play to your strengths. And there's no need to go out there and hack away and try to put a bomb. You know, every right. time you hit the ball, when you got good pitching, when you can play small ball and move the base runners along and score runs. You know, if you only need five runs to win, then there's no need to go out there and try to hit a home run every time. Right. And put the ball in play. And um, when you put the ball in play, good things can happen. And they have. And um, so for me, not worried at all. Um, Not in a panic room. Nowhere near the panic room. Um, Well, I'm not. We're in the top (laughs) ten. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And the good news is we're only going to get better. We could be a top five team by the end of the season. Not that we have to worry about that because, you know, it is no, what it is. But as far as regional. Just need, keep, just need to keep winning. You know, the conference is what it is. We're going to have to do well in conference. We've done well in non-conference. Hopefully that continues. I think we need to pick it up some midweek. We haven't played terrible midweek, but we don't play as good midweek as we do on the weekend. But um, and something, yeah. that has to do, and something that has to do with the Wilmingtons and the Campbells of the world getting fired up to play us more than we get fired up to play them. We need to start – we got to start approaching Campbell and Wilmington like we do UNC and NC State because, believe me, and I think we will this week for Campbell. Campbell already got us one time, and Campbell right now is positioning themselves for they may be a regional host. Yeah, so I would say they they're a lot better, Kyle, than um, than they have been. They it seems like with Justin here, well, I think they're in the top twenty five, aren't they? I think that's right. Yeah, I know they were knocking the door. I haven't seen. This week's, but they were knocking at the door a week or two ago. I know. 
off the yeah. top of my head. So yeah, Campbell is a really good team. And, um, you know, it's just like the same way with basketball. We always, uh, we need to take them. We do take them seriously. I think that game could have gone either way and they just made another play or two from off the top of my head. Yeah, I would expect the boys to be fired up to play in the Fayetteville this week. After, after they beat us early in the year and after the Wilmington performance on the road last week, I would expect us to play well in Fayetteville this week. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think that loss to Campbell was, what, six to five and ten innings. Yeah, uh, we played well. I, yeah. Yeah, it, it didn't have anything to do with us not taking them seriously. I mean, they, they just – they played better than we did that night. And honestly, you know, we, we're probably a little fortunate to be where we were. Now, give us credit, we capitalized on their mistakes. But remember that with two outs, we hit a fly ball to left field that looked like a can of corn, and we ended up scoring three runs yeah. on it. We had the bases loaded on that on – that. Yeah, I don't think it's a take it seriously thing. My point is – we do not, and, you, and people can say it's not true, but bullshit. We do not approach it with the same intensity we do NC State or UNC, and we probably should. Well, the fact of the matter is we get two more cracks at them this um, Wednesday night. Uh, our good friend Tom Earnhardt, I know he's going to be there in uh, in Fayetteville. I wish that uh, I wish I could be there, but um alex has basketball practice so we'll be uh, that is that. the first time anybody has ever said they wish they could be in fail <laughs> well hey i love my pirates by the way thank you shell uh shell is a great researcher and uh campbell is 18 this week per d1 baseball thank there you, you go yeah. the best poll out there so uh yeah, yeah campbell big time opponent yeah appreciate you uh throwing that in a bit of information regarding Campbell, but uh, they're off to 15 and three start, and they were dominant against Winthrop last weekend, winning something like I don't know if it's 12 2, 12 3, and 9 3. But it good, but uh, yeah, Winthrop um, didn't appear to be very competitive. I don't know how those games went inning by inning. Now, it could have been a situation like in a couple of our games where you know, it was a one or two run game and then you throw up a seven or eight spot and it right. all of a sudden doesn't look very competitive. Kind of, kind of like uh, the game on Sunday against Missouri state. And also the game against Georgetown comes to mind, but um, another couple points about the William Mary game on before we move on to Missouri state, uh, Jaden winter came in and relieved those last two innings when we just had the one run lead against the tribe he was dominant, striking out five in those two innings of work. And then uh, we had, I think, four guys in that game have multi-hit games, including Lane Hoover, J.C., I want to say uh, maybe Josh Moylan or, uh, or uh, Jacob Starling. But um, Pirates did a lot with the bat in, in that game, especially as they got into the William & Mary bullpen. And it was noted – in the post game that uh, William and Mary, they use kind of a different approach to pitching. Uh, Coach Godwin referred to it as a pod, a bit of a pod system, if you will, but um, where they throw guys three and four innings and they, they threw their top arm uh, against us in, in the start. Yeah. By the way, the Campbell game on Wednesday night, do we know who is getting the start for the Pirates? Shell was asking. I haven't heard anything, but yeah, I, I have not heard. Uh, you know, based on the last two weeks, I mean, it's been Garrett Saylor and then also uh, Jake Hunter and Jake Hunter. Jake Hunter. I think through three innings on Saturday. So, uh, 
my guess is that it's uh, you know staff of staff approach, but we'll see if Garrett or, or Jake maybe get the ball. Um, who knows? So maybe maybe Zach, Zach Roots. Roots. Zach Roots a possibility as well. That's my guess. I really like him. Hey, by the way, Jr. pointing out this is great. Lunsford Schinkman. Um, since USC is not giving up a run in 12 and a third innings with two walks, uh, 15 Ks, one win, and two saves. Thank you, Johnny. That's, uh, man, I love his uh, pitching. White has been great for us, and uh, Zach Root is another one. But And that was one, another point I was going to make, and I'll pitch it back to you guys about the games, but if you had anything else from Wednesday. But what's exciting about this team is we've got a lot of young guys already contributing. When you look at um, – well, at the likes of Root, and you look at the guys like uh, um, Lunchford Schinkman with uh, Wyatt, he's been doing great. And that just lets you know it's not like a senior-led team, so to speak. That We've got – Cliff is reloading every single year. It's so exciting uh, for this program. <coughs> Sorry, I'm going to hit the cough button. But, yeah, I uh, yeah we, we're, we're recruiting at a high level. When, when, when you're a regional, super regional team, top ten program, you start recruiting at a different level and you do start reloading. It's not a rebuild situation. It's a reload every year and uh, glad to see it. And, and um, we want to move on to uh, the weekend Friday night yeah. against Missouri State. Yeah. And Trey is savage. You got to start there. He's the American athletic conference pitcher of the week. Um, the big six, four uh, sophomore righty, uh, and his command just keeps getting better and better. You know, last year he's primarily a two-pitch guy. This year he's a four-pitch guy. Um, in this game, he did not have a single walk, went a career high, seven and a third innings. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, three to nothing, and he is a guess. We'll come back to it. <laughs> yeah, you're cleared up now, Bubba. Go ahead. Yeah, you're good now, Bub. But, uh, Pitcher okay, of the but week um, as, as, I was say, as I was saying, not only is he the American Athletic Conference Pitcher of the Week, he's also the PGXGloves.com Pitcher of the Week. Seven and a third uh, shutout baseball, uh, four hits, 11 strikeouts, no walks. Now he is 3-0 and with a 1-4-8 ERA and has 43 strikeouts to just six walks as I was wow. speaking to his command, um, and that is in 30 and one-third innings. Trey, you savage. <laughs> yeah, he, he is getting better. He has looked uh, – we saw some bright spots last year, um, Bubba and Kyle with his freshman year, but, man, he has really, really turned it up. And, um, by the way, I want to give a shout-out once again to Austin Knight. Austin Knight has really done an excellent job as our pitching coach. Cliff is, uh, it's really cool to see a guy that, you know, that was uh, basically like the volunteer coach and coach says, Hey, here's the ball. You're the pitching coach. And people are like, what? And then last year you're really close to Omaha and it was a fresh set of eyes. And he actually has guys pitching better than they ever have. And you've got young guys coming up. Um, that are just amazing freshmen. So I love having coach Knight. It's been a, a great bright spot for the program last year and this year. Yeah, he's, he's done an excellent job. A uh, good job by Cliff promoting him and uh, done a wonderful job with the pitching staff last year. He didn't have a lot to work with and managed to piece it together and 
almost take us to Omaha. And this year he's got a lot more to work with, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, and last week on Extra Innings, I noted that all three starters went at least six innings, I think exactly six innings. And that was the first time that it occurred. And this was a little surprising. I mean, that's that's not an easy thing to do. But, you know, given the pitching that we've had, um, you know, outside of last year, um, that was the first time that had been accomplished where all three starters had gone at least six since back in 2019 when it happened up at Maryland the same weekend that Jake Kuchmater had his perfect game. So uh, it nearly happened this weekend. And um, and we'll get to Saturday and Sunday. But uh, Savage went seven to third. Spivey went five. And then um, Josh Groves went seven and two thirds. So nice to see those guys continue to go deeper and deeper into ball games. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, in fact, Norm says what we did Friday and Saturday was amazing, Bubba. It really was. Talking about our pitching has been just uh, really lights out, especially with our starters. Yeah, no yeah, doubt. It, yeah, it was, and um, and I know, and this is something I understand where Cliff's coming from as far as. Saying, uh, you know, too much emphasis may be placed by the media on the strikeouts just because of the wow factor, if you will. But at the same time, it's and obviously he knows this as, as well as anyone. Um, when, when you have that uh, ability to to uh, get those punch outs, it's um, it's it's huge because you have a greater margin for error. Uh, you don't have to. Uh, you don't have to rely on the defense making plays, and that's certainly not a concern with us. But um, when you have the chance to get a strikeout, you know, when you're in those jams and you have a have a two or three runner on situation and less than two outs and you can get that strikeout where you may not have to rely on a double play or maybe there's no outs and you get a strikeout and all of a sudden the, the double play. Um, so the double play will get you out of the jam, I should say. So uh, that's, that's cr- huge, and uh, we've been – uh, it's going to be interesting to see where where we rank um, at the season's end um, compared to the greatest staffs of all time uh, in regards to strikeouts. Yeah, like and, and obviously, obviously, you got to trust your defense, and I guess that's what Cliff is saying. But um, I, I don't, I don't understand. I didn't hear the comment, but I don't understand how the media could put too much emphasis on the strikeouts. I mean, what are we supposed to talk about? Well, I'll tell you what I love. If you have 10 or more strikeouts in a game, you get a free chicken leg at KFC. That's what I like about it. So, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, in, ba- in, basketball, if you score 75, it's, in basketball, if you score 75, it's free tacos. And in baseball, it's a free chicken leg. A free chicken leg? Like, you can't even get a two piece? How about a damn two piece and a biscuit? Come on. Uh, how do you taco you get a free taco how do you well how do you do that do you just take your ticket and say hey give me a chicken leg give me my damn chicken leg (laughs) i mean who the hell does that i mean i guess maybe i I mean maybe you can go get you a two-piece and then add that leg into it you have a three-piece but kyle you know my situation uh you know being here in the western part of the state and three plus hours away obviously i can only attend but so many home games so any anytime we win and get 10 plus strikeouts i'll start texting you my ticket stub so you can pick up your chicken leg all right that sounds good i'll you know hey, I, uh, our buddy craig just says two piece and a biscuit is a perfect game kyle so it has to be a perfect game okay that's, is that a real thing or is he just being is he just being fun no, he's, he, he's joking with you and i mean that could be i wouldn't be surprised 
I mean, I, I, I believe. I, I, I think I would, is a beautiful thing. Thank you, Colonel. That's what Alavix says. <laughs> I, I, I believe I would have just told KFC, never mind. <laughs> it's just one of my running jokes with the, our our friends. I just think it's fun. I think it's funny. It's it's ridiculous. How about do a free chicken sandwich? I mean, something like that. I, yeah, a, a damn chicken leg. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny to me. I don't know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get off topic, Bubba. It's, just <laughs> it's on topic. It's related to baseball. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I just think I think it's funny because I'm worried about winning the game. I'm not worried about a free chicken leg. Yes, a free chicken leg. Yes. Yeah. Now That's that would have been there. now that would have been funny if, if Cliff would have said, "Now I know all you, I, I know you and all of our fans are worried about your damn free chicken leg, but I, I, I'm worried about winning baseball games." <laughs> That's a good one, Bubba. How about a breast? How about a nice, you know, you know, succulent breast? Can, can we get a free breast? <laughs> no. How much for one leg? <laughs> I, I wonder how many people actually take advantage of that. If any of our That's what I want to know. That's what the question. Yeah, I, and I can see if you add it to something. Maybe all right, well, I'm going to go to KFC and get a two piece, and I'm going to add a chicken leg to it. But otherwise, I can't imagine anybody just going, "Hey, let me get a chicken leg." Oh, Alan Vick said he. Hey, he said he's a leg man. Yeah, leg man, Alan Vick. Okay, well, all right. Is that in chicken or women or both? <laughs> I, I don't know. And then Waylon, uh, Waylon gets the <clears throat> little uh, plug in for Parker's. Um, how about a Parker's chicken bag? Sounds there good to go. me. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parker's has some excellent fried chicken. I'm a big fan of Smithfield's chicken. Oh man, I love Smithfield's. It, can't complain about it either. Uh, uh, that's actually, depending on uh, when we're getting into town, uh, or you know, just the convenience of it. Uh, we've actually this year stopped at Smithfield's a couple times. Oh yeah, they're they're, they're in Zebulon. The crispy oh, yeah. skin on the chicken with some Texas pea mm. is pretty. pretty oh my good. god, don't stop, Kyle. I want now. I want it. <laughs> well, right, I, isolate that clip, Bubba. Isolate that clip right Wayland, now. Wayland says easy now. And then and Jr. Uh, going back to the strikeout theme, which is how we got on this topic of the chicken leg. Uh, Jr. said you can certainly keep your pitch count down with soft hit outs as opposed to the strikeouts, and no doubt uh, that, that's something that um, you know typically. You know, compared to Trey Savage and Josh Groves, Carter Spivey hasn't been as high of a strikeout guy. I think that was a career high nine strikeouts for Carter in five innings, but um, that was that was that was one reason he only went five innings as opposed to six like he did the previous week because of all those strikeouts. I, I, I'm going to propose to the megaphone gang and to everybody in the jungle if they haven't do it we to love start him. chanting Trey you Savage, Trey you Savage. Trey, you savage. <laughs> By the way, uh, I'm laughing at Craig. Japan just walked it off to beat Mexico free honey chicken at Panda Express. <laughs> oh, I, I, there you go. And I can go for that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I was watching that game earlier, man, because uh, Mexico had a three spot. I think it was a three run shot um, in the World Baseball Classic. It's down. So that means it's down to uh, Japan and the United States, right? I believe that's right. Craig, help me out. For the World Baseball Classic, yeah, I'm staying so busy, I, I I need to I, I need to check it out. I have not watched any of that. Uh, just kind of kept up with it on social media, but uh, 
Yeah, like as far as Craig's saying, with, with the Panda Express, I mean, you know, whether he said free honey chicken, you know, General Sows, General Sows, orange chicken, sesame chicken, uh, any of that will uh, suffice. Exactly. No doubt about that. Uh, but great. Uh, hey, well, I love to see a strikeout. Uh, I'm a, I'm my great uncle's a pitcher. The, so. the, 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 is it walnut shrimp that they have? It's not a regular thing. It's a reoccurring menu. Oh, yeah. Those are really good, too, at Panda Express. All right, we'll get off Panda Express now. But, yeah, but getting back to baseball, uh, yeah, getting back to baseball in that uh, Friday game that the Pirates won three to nothing, had the one nothing lead. I believe it was in the bottom of the eighth when uh, when Justin Wilcoxon had the big two run shot to right center that uh, you know gave you some breathing room going into the ninth. Yeah, that was a big a big big hit by Wilcoxon to uh, oh man to make, to make, to make the top of the ninth much more comfortable and. Uh, I uh, glad to see it and um, get the W on Friday. And then Saturday was a much more exciting game. I was at Outback during the end of that game, watching it on my phone, waiting for our food to come to the table. And um, the people at Outback were looking at me like I had cockroaches crawling out of my ears when I started yelling, <laughs> walk it off, baby. We walked it off. We walked it off, baby. <laughs> you're the awesome. You're like me, Kyle. I got to I got to tip my hat to you. That's great stuff. Yeah, so it was, you know, Jessica was like, quit being so loud. I was like, it's all right. Who cares? We're out back. Hey, by the way, I want to give a a shout out real quick if I can, Bubba. Um, I have not seen these two movies real quick. They're baseball related. I watched this morning uh, Major League Back to the Miners. Uh, I haven't seen it. Not a great movie at all. But I watched Major League Two and one of our friends, John Gast, was in there for a former EC baseball player. I uh, want to say hello to him, and I'll, I'll message him on Facebook. But I got a chance to see him today and uh, late this afternoon. So I want to give a, a shout-out to John Gast, one of the best baseball players to ever play. That was the 1990 team, right, Bubba, off the top of my head? when John Yeah, he was, a, he was on that team, and uh, I can't remember if that was his senior year. I want, to, I want to say that he maybe was around in 91 as well, but I may be mistaken. But, yes, uh, I know – locker room scene uh, in that movie and i'm trying to remember the other scenes where uh, where john is uh, visible but uh, i believe is even though he played third base for the pirates i believe it was first base in that movie i may be may be wrong though but uh but yeah those are both uh, excellent movies um obviously no, the no, first no, one he, he he mentioned maybe you missed that. That's not good. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm talking about one and two, not oh, not yeah. Yeah. The, the one back to the minors. That's uh, it's awful, but uh, yeah. but yeah, every summer when I work my the typical summer job doing my PA announcing for the Wooden Summer Bat League here in the Charlotte area, that movie always comes up because Jamie Billings, who's the general manager of that league, he does an excellent one. Lou Brown the the manager of the tribe so uh so that always comes up uh you know the the line where he's in his office and they're trying to get him to what manage the indians he said he's on the other line with some lady about some white walls yeah (laughs) could you hold the line i got a lady on the other line about some white walls Exactly. Uh, great movie. The original Major League. Major League Two is not bad. Made the original Major League is an all-time classic. All right. Alan Vick said, I was asking people on our chat, um, so let everybody know that's listening, 
their favorite baseball movie. The Natural is uh, Alan Vick. I'll go The Natural or um, I would say The Natural or Field of Dreams are my probably probably one A one B for me. Man, Field of Dreams, Major League would be one and one and one and one B for me. Field of Dreams, Major League. The rookie is really good for me. Oh, yeah. More recent one. Um, what about Sandlot? Sandlot, if you want to consider, I guess you got to consider that a baseball movie. Yeah. Sandlot's a coming of age movie, too. Sandlot's just, just a great movie, too. Yeah. It would, it would be. Yeah. Craig said that. Yeah. It, it, it kind of just depends problem. on what, what type of baseball movie, like you were kind of alluding to, Kyle, yeah. that you're in the mood for, whether it's a comedy or a little more serious with a little humor mixed in. Yeah. The love yeah, of the game. Yeah, oh, Alan Vick, Bad News Bears. Yeah. Oh, Butter God. Ma- Butter Bad News Bears. Yeah. I love both versions. Both versions are great to me. I mean, I even you, love the you, you had the one with, with Billy Bob wasn't bad, but the original one. Oh, my God. It's, it's like, just unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable great movie. I mean, I, I didn't even think about that. That would be in my top five also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gordon Walker agree, agrees with Alan Vick saying um, Bad Bad News Bears as well. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Um, Butter Maker. <laughs> and you see Walter Matthau drinking that beer in front of his kids. Like, no, it's yeah, not it's a, Walter Matthau is one of the most underrated comedic actors of all time. Exactly. Fantastic. Norm, grumpy, Norm. The Grumpy Old Men movies were great. And Norm says uh, Bull Durham. Okay. And, uh, I love that. I love Norm, Norm Fear chiming in. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Norm, one of uh, a great guy that we know. Appreciate Bull, you. You know, I've never watched Bull Durham from beginning to end. I oh need my to god, that's a classic. I've seen some of it, but I never watched it from beginning to end. I need to. And don't ask me why. I, I couldn't tell you why. Shell's getting ready to he's getting up early. So uh Randy and I appreciate the Charlotte Catholic uh lacrosse love and Sandlot is Randy's favorite baseball movie. Great show as always. Thank you, Shell. Appreciate you and uh, get some rest. So um yeah, Bull Durham is. I'll, I'll tell you one that I liked as a kid that does not hold up. Um, uh, rookie of the Year, the kid that breaks his oh, arm. Yeah, for the Chicago uh, Cubs. Yeah, the Cubs. That movie does not hold up. Yeah, it's one of those that if you see every once in a while, it's okay, but it's not one of my go tos, you know, like for uh, that one. And then you also had what Little Big League with the, the oh, Minnesota God. Twins. Yeah, you guys like the Kevin Costner. Hey, what Love about here's one for you? It's a little corny, but I liked it as a kid. Angels in the outfield. Oh yeah, yeah. Danny um, Glover, right? Danny Glover and um, Christopher Lloyd. Man, I haven't seen that movie in years. Sorry, I didn't mean to make it a movie thing. I was just trying to do like a side topic thing, but um, I love baseball so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and Angels in the Outfield, like you're saying, Kyle, it's it's kind of a different uh, story as well because you, what you you had the uh, the what was an orphan. It's been so long since I've seen it, Bob. I yeah. don't remember I liked it when I saw it. But but you had you had the story you had the storyline that was the that was the whole deal. You know, the kid that went to the game and saw the Angels and oh. Danny Glover. And uh, the others right there around the Angels organization thought he was insane. (laughs) Wasn't Christopher Lloyd in that movie also? No, you're you're correct. Uh, He was uh, one of the umpires, right? I I don't remember. I just remember. I'm I'm pretty sure sure he was one of the umpires. I just remember. I like Leslie Nielsen as the umpire in Naked Gun. (laughs) Leslie Nielsen's a trip. 
Oh, and then Waylon chiming in with angels in the outfield, but then said slap shot. Sorry, wrong category. Yeah, that's. Uh, well, we talk about best hockey movies, The Mighty Ducks. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, they they're trying to bring that back as a TV. They were for Disney Plus, I believe, didn't they? And then Norm has one I was talking about with Kevin Costner for the love of the game. That was a that was very underrated. I thought is that the movie where the whole game is him on the pitching the perfect game on the mound and his last performance? Oh, um, God, I That's, can't remember. Is that not for the love of the game? I thought that was for the love of the game. It may be. Yeah, that sounds right. I'll tell you another one I love, a true story. What about um, the rookie, Dennis Yeah, Quaid? I mentioned that. I mentioned that earlier. Oh, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. I didn't hear yeah, that. Yeah, that's the more recent one. The rookie was, was a great movie. Sorry, I missed that, Cal. Yeah, that was, that. A, that was a good um, good movie. And, you know, obviously, based, based on a true story, and Jim Morris. Moneyball. You yeah. know who was, yeah, was Jim Morris? Who was a yeah. he had he'd been a professional baseball player, and then you know battled some injuries and gotten into teaching and, and coaching. And his his players said, "Coach, you're always telling us to go for our dreams, and you're not chasing yours." And he was throwing BP, and you know the very unusual circumstance that he his arm got significantly stronger as he got older. Whereas earlier, he, I want to say he was maybe upper 80s to low 90s. Uh, you know, he threw through mid to upper 90s, and when he hit 98 or something on the radar, yeah. And and then and then they're like, I think it was what the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, as they were at the time before they right. dropped the Devil Devil uh, part of that to BPC. But uh, yeah, that was uh, an excellent movie. And where I was going with that is that I had the opportunity to do a podcast with Jim Morris and uh, that's something we may, uh, I may try to kind of re-air on our platform um, because yeah. that was a good, good conversation. He, he was a, a true gentleman and I uh, enjoyed talking to him. Yeah. We've, we've oh, got the, you need to bring back the, the Bubba Rose show. Now, now I want to, now I want to talk football movie. So now you got me yeah. thinking about it. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do that. But uh, let's talk about the yeah. uh, Saturday game. Saturday game. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Going back to, Going back to baseball, um, as, as we've tired our viewers and listeners in knots, but uh, we appreciate you hanging with us, folks, uh, here at 11 o'clock on a, on a Monday night. But um, but Carter Spivey, as I mentioned, five innings, nine strikeouts, and that was a game where you know it was pretty similar to Friday night as far as being uh, a pitcher's duel and defensive struggle. And those and those uh, things, but uh, then we went into the the final at bat there in the bottom of the ninth, trailing three to two, and then found a way to get it done. Um, one of the things that I love, and you guys referenced it earlier, and I know Norm uh, was bringing it up in the comments, as far as you know, that's what his significant other was wanting us to talk about the the Pirates' short game and uh, the way we utilize um, all the various types of bunts, um, you know, be it yep. drags, push bunts. Um, and we do that so, so well. And there's nothing more demoralizing to the other team for a ball not to have left the infield. And all of a sudden you had the bases loaded or maybe even scored a run and the bases are still loaded. Yeah, we, we, we are an excellent bunting team and we show bunt a lot. And it, it, it we executed it really well Saturday and Sunday. And, uh, Saturday game was exciting. You know, you, you, you enjoy blowouts because you're watching the Pirates 
blow somebody out. So it was enjoyable, but it sure was a lot more exciting I, to, to have a close game and um, going into the bottom of the ninth, winning it and walk off fast. And um, I enjoyed it. You need to win games like that. You need to win one run games. You need to win close games. You need to be tested um, because when it comes regional time, you, you, you're not going to be blowing people out most likely. You're going to get tested. So uh, to me, um, to, to play a game like that on Saturday, to me, that was the best win of the weekend. No doubt. And Waylon I mean, chimes in on Facebook. Facebook, Way- sorry, Dave, I had some lag there, but uh, Waylon saying Saturday was the game, a top ten team quote finds a way. Uh, you know, in the games yeah. like that, that you that you find a way to win. Um, and uh, I know this is kind of stating the obvious, but it, when it comes down to the end of the season, and when you're able to to notch those victories and pull out a ninth inning win or an extra inning win. Then uh, when it comes time to host a Super Regional, um, those are going to make the difference. It can make the difference between a ninth seed and an eighth seed, and that's all the difference in the world. Exactly. Craig chiming in with some more humor. Um, Bubba has lag. Imagine that. (laughs) Bubba, you got to get off. You got to get off. You got to get off straight talk. No, it's Hughes. Hughes, uh, Hughes that. No, he's on the road. He's on or, the maybe, road. or maybe it was Dave. I, I said that I had the lag, but I, I was already speaking before Dave was. I don't know. So, uh, Who, who's your it, carrier, Bubba? Out of curiosity, it's AT and T. But I okay. Yeah, I'm at I'm at home now. Um, oh, okay, you're at home, so it is the Houston app. I, I I've not I disconnected from my uh, from my from my Wi-Fi, but. Uh, God, I, does anybody have Usenet anymore? Now that you can get, joke, I well, I mean, now that you can get Starlink and Verizon, the USA, they're offering home internet. To me, if you have Usenet, I mean, anybody can get Starlink. I think so. I mean, if, if you have Usenet, why? Exactly. Why? That's a great. <laughs> that's all you have to say on that. Um, no doubt. And I, that walk off though is. Man, you're right, uh, Kyle. That was incredible. Um, you know, you're a little worried, and then, but this team always finds like, how about that? When Waylon said that, finds a way to. That was one of my points. I was going to make. Thank you, Waylon. Um, this team finds a way to win. You know, and and you know what I love about this team, guys. We can win in different ways. You want to play small ball? We can play small ball. You want to like knock it out of the park? We can do that. Um, you know, there's many different ways that we can win with this team and that's what's really cool yeah no doubt we're diverse and you move on to, and to uh, you got more to say about saturday Bob? one other thing earlier you see what we can talk about hunter and uh, his performance yeah the youth and that's right again two and two thirds Jake Hunter, two and two-thirds, and uh, he, he did not allow a run, just one hit, three strikeouts, no walks, and uh, gave us a chance, uh, as Coach Godwin really emphasized after the game, for us to have just a one-run deficit and make the comeback in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, great win. Like I said, I was at, I was at again, I was out back watching on my phone and uh, reacted as you would when you walk off a game. And like I said, I think some people looked at me like I had cockroaches crawling out of my ear. Well, um, I wouldn't care because they uh, – I didn't. I didn't care. <laughs> I mean, you're watching a game. I mean, what are you supposed to say? Yeah, I didn't. Oh, I can't say anything because I'm an outback. Yeah, no, nah, it's freaking outback. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> I don't I, think you would care if 
if you were at like uh, Angus Barn. No, I wouldn't care if I was at Angus Barn either. I wouldn't care as well. I mean, I'm paying the damn bill. Um, just serve me what I'm supposed to have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like my sister, my sister has a big achievement, and we have a big banquet coming up next weekend. Um, there, I wouldn't go nuts. I would be like fist pumping and everything, but I wouldn't be yelling out. But uh, you should have seen me, and then we'll get to Sunday's game. But uh, when we played Temple, um, my sister was doing Thanksgiving at her house the Saturday after Thanksgiving. This is Saturday of the Temple game. Yeah. And uh, you should have seen me um, watching the Temple game on my phone, trying to pretend like I gave a damn about Thanksgiving dinner. And you want to talk about somebody acting like a complete idiot amongst a bunch of people. That that was good Lord. I was getting on everybody's nerves. I ended up just leaving after I got done and eating and watched the rest of the game when I got home. But anyway, back to Sunday's game. No question. Sunday, Sunday's game uh, for me was uh, a lot of fun because, you know, when you look at the three starters, you know, we Savage and then we had um, obviously with uh, Spivey and then with the uh, third up with uh, Josh Gross, man, what a performance, guys. What was that? Eight innings? Yeah. Um, seven I mean, and a third. Seven and a third. Yeah. He went the same like you Savage, but. Josh Groves also is uh, pitching really well, getting better, and it was a, a tremendous performance. Again, you know, people worried about the offense. I think you really should be worried at this point, um, not about pitching. I'm just saying that normally it seems like we have really good hitting and we're worried about our pitching. Our pitching's very strong, and the hitting's going to come. And well, so, yeah, and that's it. Pitching can't come around. You either have it or you don't. Um, yeah, players can develop and get better as the season goes along. But that's a lot easier to do at the plate. And uh, we're not hitting bad. No, no we're, thing, we're just yeah. not hitting for the power. And like I said, some of that may be for Steve. Tri- just tr- <laughs> help me out, Dave. It's just tr- <laughs> Statistics? No, no. It's just tr- when you're doing things with strategy. Thank you. Because, uh, you know, um, when, when you're when you're holding teams to one run, two runs, zero runs, uh, there's no need to go swing for the fences every time. Uh, you're trying to put the ball in play, advance the runner. So, like I said, a lot of that strategy. Um, yeah. So, I, I think the power is what people are missing, and, I, and that'll come. Um, but Sunday's game kind of kind kind of, of just mowed along and looked like we were going to win a low-scoring game. And then in the eighth, we put a big exclamation point on it, and it was over. Yeah. Um, as you said, it, it was really shaping up to be like Friday and Saturday's game. Another pitcher's duel. Uh, Josh Groves was excellent, seven and two thirds. Um, his best outing of his career, uh, that at least in terms of uh, how long he went into the game, and then he had uh, not as many strikeouts. I want to say he had five strikeouts and five walks. But I'm, I'll have to go back and confirm that. But um, so I believe I believe he was asked about that in the post game. But but another excellent outing for for Josh. And uh, and then as you said, those last three innings we took what was a, something like a two nothing or two one game. I guess two nothing game because they got their run in the the top of the ninth, and it, it went from two nothing to uh, to ten nothing. Um, with us scoring in each of the last three at bats and um, putting up, I think, what a four spot there in the bottom of the eighth. Yep. And I tell you what, that that wind, 
uh, it really wreaked havoc with the uh, outfielders, oh, yeah, as well as as well as the, the infielders infield. for for uh, Missouri State. Uh, they missed a couple, if not three, uh, pop ups. Uh, and I know I think one of them uh, they had the uh, an extreme shift on where the left fielder was in the left center gap and had a long run to get there with the <laughs> shortstop. Um, backed off, and the, the left fielder took control, but uh, and he overran it. And there was another yeah. one that was very similar. And Josh Moreland had yeah. a great day. Great, Josh Moreland had a great day anyway, and he went from having a, a great day to an unbelievable day, um, having instead of two hits, and I think he had four hits. I know he is the beneficiary of at least one of those, and he was laughing about it in the post game. He's like, "Hey, that makes up. And that's baseball." Um, it makes up for those times where I've hit rockets right at people early in the year. How do you handle that as a coach? Speaking of that play, that shortstop clearly had that ball to me. I think he'd have made the play. And the left fielder waves him off, and he gives way to him and doesn't make the play uh, when he should have just let the damn shortstop make the play. The shortstop looked like he had an, uh, a beat on the, the ball. angle on it. He had the yeah, right angle and, on it. And then he, he – he, the, the left fielder waved him off and, and didn't make the play. So what do you – what do you, if I was the coach, I'd smack him in the damn head. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things is really, I mean, you, you work on fly ball communication all the time, and, you know, outfielders have priority over over infield, and the shortstop certainly wasn't camped under it. He was going to be making a running catch going back at a 45-degree angle, and the left fielder got there in plenty of time because, like I mentioned, he overran it. But um, yeah, I think – I've. I think it was as much the the distance he had to run and the wind. Uh, so I, I really yeah. think the right the right guy was probably catching the ball, uh, att- attempting to catch the ball, I should say. But um, yeah, it, it was pretty entertaining. And it, you check out the Sports Objective YouTube channel and our sights and sounds from the jungle for Sunday's game, and that's one of the things. Uh, and you you'll hear Brian Dilday and Jared Plummer and. Uh, t- Todd Vivret from the jungle, as well as uh, our very own Tom Earnhardt, uh, you know, who chimes in a lot on this program, um, giving the left fielder grief over. Also, also Norm brought the comment on the order of protocol and how the Pirates follow it flawlessly versus our opponents. I mean, yeah. That's the very thing is that our team is um, pretty much seamless when it comes to our defense and with our, there's not a lot of mistakes. And, um, you know, that very thing is that sometimes it's the win. And also, well, what are our friends out and uh, speaking of the megaphone guys? Well, you would think the guys in Missouri would be used to playing in the wind. It's normally pretty windy out in that area. Uh, well, I think the fact that also that what about the pressure that our fans put on them? I mean, yeah. I, I think something to be said for that too. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, they're a good program and they're used to playing. Missouri Valley's underrated conference. I mean, you yeah, you you got them, you got Creighton. No, Creighton's in the biggest. You got them, you got uh you got uh Southern Illinois, you got uh you got Dallas Baptist plays. Dallas Baptist. Dallas. Not for long, they're moving to Conference USA. Conference USA. Yeah, but so it's a good baseball league. Um and uh like I mentioned earlier, Missouri Va- or Missouri State uh was a regional team last year and uh could be again this year. So um I think at the end of the year, that's going to – and I think it, right now, I think the pollsters thought it was an impressive sweep um, based on moving us up four spots in Baseball America, for example. So, uh, 
I, I think hopefully, the, hopefully Missouri. I, I I personally hope they win the the, the valley. It yeah. only helps the Pirates. Exactly, and, I, and also, guys, with the the game, did you have anything else for Sunday, Bubba? I think this may be something that um, you guys had mentioned, but as far as Missouri State goes, um, in, in discussing our pitching performance and holding that that team to yeah, they four, hit a lot four, of home runs. four runs, and, and one of those runs came um, in the top of the ninth when uh, we were struggling to throw strikes yesterday, but uh, and then obviously that's part of it, but I mean four four runs against that team a top 25 or 30 offense in terms of average and run production averaging about eight runs per game um that, that was very impressive for a second week in row uh, three excellent starts and um yeah kind of moving on uh, from that uh, earlier we talked about this week for lane hoover and lane hoover uh there were a few options we considered. Um, it could have very well been Josh more than once again. Last week, Josh was eight for 20. This week, he was eight for 20. Uh, had that four for four performance uh, against uh, Missouri State in game three. Um, had four doubles, I think, on the week and five or six runs batted in. But uh, we, we went with who? Um, Lane, Lane Hoover, seven out of 13, three runs I batted in. He's your boy, Bubba. <laughs> Three runs batted in, um, a walk, a sack fly, uh, made some tremendous plays in left field, especially early in Sunday's game. Uh, to, to When that game was a one- or two-run ball game to help us keep and uh, build on that momentum. So, Lane Hoover, congratulations to Hoover as our PGXclubs.com Player of the Week. Yeah, congratulations to him. Good to see his back coming around. And uh, we know it would. Hoover's going to do big things for us this year. So congratulations and big week coming up. Campbell midweek Wednesday. That'll be a big game at Fayetteville. And then uh and George then you Mason. got the Mason Nation. They're a uh they're a baseball sensation. The Patriots of George Mason from the Colonial are are they still in the Colonial or are they in the A ten now? They're in the A ten now. They they are eleven and eight um but they, they have won seven straight. Uh-oh. Uh they not the toughest of competition, but then you know they still still won seven straight. Uh, they they defeated, I want to say uh, most recently they swept Cornell three games. And prior to that, they had normally Maine is pretty good. Uh, they they had beaten Maine, and then prior to that they had uh, had another three game sweep against someone. Uh, but a common opponent, uh, they played a midweek game against Georgetown who the Pirates had a competitive game with and pulled away late um, with a seven or eight run inning, uh, if I recall correctly, uh, on Sunday of the Keith LeClaire Classic. Again, George Mason played them uh, on a Tuesday and and lost uh, to the Hoyas 18 to 13, a real pitcher's Ooh. duel. Yeah, that's a lot of runs being scored. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah. The Patriots coming in and, you know, winning breeds winning. So if they won seven in a row – you know who they got midweek, Bubba? I'll check on that and see. Uh, and also here in a moment, uh, we'll have some scores headed your way. Uh, take a quick look around the American before By we get, way, out of, guys, get out of here. Before we do that, Johnny Robertson talks about Cornell is 0-12 and, and St. Peter's is 1-16. So the, uh, Not the toughest competition, but hey, that's what you're supposed to do to bad teams is beat them. And, so. and I, honestly, when I said that, I wasn't trying to – to um and to 
not not paint the pictures extreme as it was. I honestly did not know the record. I just knew that uh, you know Cornell and St. Peter's aren't exactly household names in the college baseball world. I, I would have guessed that they were probably, uh, you know, a little under five hundred or something like that. But right. I never would I never would have thought they were combined one in twenty eight. But nonetheless, winning breeds winning, and it gives you confidence. Yeah, so Mason's going to come in here expecting to at least win one. And, you know, if they get Friday or Saturday, then they're going to try to win the series. So it'll be interesting to see if the Pirates can get another sweep. It's hard to do that weekend after weekend, but uh, I'd I'd have the brooms ready just in case. Another interesting nugget right quick about the George Mason Patriot program. That is the um, alma mater of East Carolina first base coach and infield instructor, Jeff Palumbo. Uh, Coach Coach Palumbo was, I want to say, a freshman when Cliff Godwin was the senior. So, so, so we got a real patriot on our team. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, and he's the recruiting coordinator, so does a great job Indeed. with uh, rebuilding. In fact, he talked about that at media day, guys. Uh, I was thinking about that watching him on Friday night. That he could easily be <clears throat> anywhere coaching, but he yeah, you got to you got to wonder. You know, if George Mason. I don't know how long their head coach has been there, and I'm not trying to get anybody fired, but. Palumbo doing what he's doing here in East Carolina. You got to wonder at what point does uh, does his alma mater take a look down, the, you know, one state away. No doubt about it. But uh, hey, he's up with us right now, and uh, that's the most important thing. In fact, yeah. uh, it'll be a great to get a win on Wednesday nights. And our good friend Tom, I think there's other people going down to that Wilmington. Excuse me, Wilmington. That <laughs> Fayetteville came with uh, with Campbell. No, it's just Tom. Tom's gonna be the only Tom one. Only? Yeah, just Tom. Tom, Tom. Hey, nobody. Tom is so great. He can hold. He hold his own as a pirate. He's a pirate, so I'm sure he'll take care of business down there in Fayetteville. Is that help me out with a stadium, Bubba? Is that Segra? Segra. It is. It is. Yes. If I recall correctly, um, see if I very quickly and get a image to throw up on the screen here for our viewers, but. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you know, that ballpark, it was built around the same time as Atrium Health Ballpark, and I think they're, correct. they're, they're almost spitting images of one another. That's correct. You're right, Bubba, because uh, that's the Houston Astros organization. Correct. And uh, they played it at Bowie's Creek for a, a while. Uh, was it a couple seasons? And then, yeah, it was, it was at least at least one season, maybe two. Yeah, and then they went to uh, Fayetteville, and Fayetteville used to be big for minor league baseball. Do you guys remember the Sally League growing up? Uh, no, yeah, no, I was always, you know, Carolina League watching uh, the, the yeah. Houston Indians, but I uh, they used to have I can't remember what organization, not that it matters, but um, they used to have baseball there. And they and this uh, apparently they're trying to revitalize like a lot of places downtown. Uh, well, it's a good market for, for minor league baseball. Fayetteville's, a, you know, one of the biggest towns in North Carolina. Um, yep. You got you got a lot of you got a lot of army there. So, uh it's uh, it's definitely a place that should have a minor league baseball team. No doubt. Uh, Bubba, you want to do the scores before we go? We got a few programming notes too. Yeah, go ahead with the uh, if you want to with the programming notes, and uh, we'll, oh, we'll, we'll um, run through the American School Board here. And okay, let me give a quick shout out, guys, too, before I do the programming notes. I want to give a shout out to Shane Weekler. Had a chance to go out and see on Thursday night. Uh, the Fonz. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's uh, Henry Winkler's son, Shane Winkler. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but they're twenty and nine guys, and they've got uh, really proud of them how they've um, 
he's turning the program around. He's got those ladies playing for him, and uh, just want to give him a shout out because that was uh, really awesome. In fact, yeah, softball team playing really well. Uh, they're doing. They've got UNC Wilmington at Wilmington, and then they're going to be at USF um, on on this weekend in Tampa. Uh, so that's their schedule. By the way, got to give some more love. How about this? Um, the cross team eight and one. It's the best start in the history of the program. It's about what ten years now. I think nine or ten seasons. So it's already been that long. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Do and, I smell uh, a national championship? Well, they the they have number eighteen Duke coming in on Wednesday night. Um, so that's going to be on ESPN Plus. I'm going to check it out because. Uh, that should be a great matchup, and um, I want to see Amanda Moore. Coach Moore used to coach at Duke before she came to uh, to East Carolina to start the program. It was 2017-2018 when we started the program. So, oh, okay, so about, yeah, about six, five or six seasons. Yeah, I didn't think it had been ten years. Okay, but... all right, they, maybe they announced it. it. It was what? Uh, what was the final year for? Uh, was it the? It was the spring of eighteen for. Comfort. Yeah, that was when he was gone. March, yeah. March, March of 18. It was our yeah. second episode, as a matter of fact, yeah. of the show. Yeah. So, th- yeah, that was... Kyle, uh, Kyle and David at the IHOP. <laughs> and, and boy, you know, at, at that time, I was so worried about misspeaking and things I said wrong on the show. It was it was so funny. I was, like, so paranoid. I was Some things never change. No, not really. I really <laughs> don't give a crap what I say on the show now. Most of the time. Oh, yeah, no, I, yeah, that was my comment was um, definitely Sar- sarcastic. Oh, it did not sound sarcastic at all. It sounded like you were being serious. <laughs> but no, I remember. Uh, I remember talking to Dave the next day and being like, "I said this wrong. I said that wrong." Blah blah blah. blah. Uh, no, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, and um, so congratulations. And one more thing, and then we'll do our programming. Uh, I know it was a tough outing in Austin, but I want to give a shout out to Kim yeah. McNeil and the ladies. Um, a great season. We're proud of you. Uh, oh, boy. That was the most entertaining night. thing about that game was watching Clip and um, Chandler on Pirate Ready with their live stream. That was the most entertaining thing about that game. That was brutal. That was tough. 79 to 40. As I said on Pirate Radio in the live chat, evidently we did not have a fiddle in the band. There you go. It was not. It was not good. But we're really proud of them. And we want to thank them for a great season. So basketball is officially done at East Carolina. and um, But we have baseball, softball, track, a lot of stuff. And um, we'll, we'll keep you up to date on that. Let's go now to the American scoreboard with Bubba. Take it away. Yeah, taking a look around the American. Uh, first, we'll run through the standings. Um, you know, taking a look at it. The Pirates are 16-4. and four, um, Best record in the league, as you would guess. Um, UCF. However, it is 15 and 5, and the Knights have won five straight. Uh, Wichita State is 10 and 8. Uh, Memphis 11 and 9. Uh, Houston and Cincinnati are 8 and 11. The South Florida Bulls are 8 and 13. And Tulane, um, very surprising. You know, they, they had the very unique situation where they named someone already on staff, their new head coach, and his tenure is off to a very rocky start as the Green Wave has the worst record in the league at 5 and 15. Uh, yeah, so that, I think they that, had that a ton of program uh, is struggling mightily. I think they had a ton of players transfer out, so uh yep. I, that appears to probably not be a good hire. When you hire someone on staff and then half your team transfer it out, it's probably a bad move by the AD. Though 
I would imagine the AD is probably going to get a pass on that, considering what their football program did this year. And yeah, a, a little more, uh, yeah, and a little more about. Um, uh, I've simply ran through the records, um, but UCF, um, they're coming off a a five and zero week. Um, the Knights swept Dartmouth on the weekend, uh, but last week in the midweek had um, taken two from Link Jarrett and the Florida State Seminoles, winning nice. Teams. 14 to three and six to three. So um, very good for their resume uh, with those two wins over the Seminoles. And I believe, uh, you know, according to this, um, both of those games were played in Orlando. Uh, so, oh, wow. It, it, or at the very least, um, sometimes, you know, it'll show a team as a home team if they're in as a neutral site location. But right. uh, they, they, nonetheless, they were not in uh, Tallahassee. But, um, so, yeah, you, you have them on that five-game winning streak highlighted by those two midweek wins over Florida State. Uh, then taking a look at Wichita State, and the, as I mentioned, the Shockers are 10-8. and eight. Um, They had started the season uh, by losing two out of three out at Long Beach State, but most recently, um, last week, they had a um, – they only played three games, apparently impacted by the weather. But uh, had a midweek win, a nice win over the Oklahoma Sooners, six to two, and then they split with Creighton, uh, losing thirteen to six, mm. and, and winning twelve to two. Then the, the Memphis Tigers, uh, first year head coach there, uh, very intriguing hire. The Tigers are eleven and nine, and they'd gone through a rough patch, and having lost six straight. But then last week they won three out of four, and took two out of three from Southeastern Louisiana on the weekend after a midweek win over Arkansas Little Rock. Um, then you have Houston and the Cougars. You know, last week, excuse me, last year, they had taken a step back in the, the right direction after having struggled the previous season or two. Um, the Cougs have won three straight as they went up to Minneapolis and swept the Golden Gophers three to two, four to two, and five to two. Um, and, so they were five and eleven after um, the previous weekend, having been swept by Oklahoma, and then last week they suffered a midweek loss, five to one to Texas A&M. Um, Cincinnati, um, the, the Bearcats, um, they they dropped two games to Walford last weekend. The third was canceled due to weather. Excuse me, that was the previous weekend. Um, last weekend um, they. They lost two to Princeton and then had also lost in the midweek to uh, to Winthrop and USC Upstate after having beaten Winthrop on Tuesday. So just a one-in-four week for the Cincinnati Bearcats. And, uh, and then you, um, you had Tulane. And Tulane, um, as I mentioned, just 5-15, and 15, but they have won their last two ball games. So that's crazy to think that one time the Tulane Green Wave were 3-15, and 15, but um, their last two uh, wins were against Columbia after losing the series opener 7-3. Yeah, you need Tulane to be good in this league going forward. Um, we're losing UCF. Florida Atlantic's coming in. They got good baseball. You need Tulane to get back good, and you need Rice. And I don't know how Rice is doing this year, but you need Rice to get back to what they were. Um, uh, UCF being good this year is good for East Carolina. Um, you, you need another strong team in this league, in my opinion. It helps the Pirates, in my opinion, with hosting. Um, so uh, glad to see the Knights doing well. 
and uh, might be a two two horse race for the conference championship. And I, I realized I left out the South Florida Bulls. The Bulls were three and two a week ago, splitting a midweek series with Dartmouth, and then taking two out of three on the weekend from the Army Black Knights, so winning eight to seven and five to three in Tampa um, before dropping the series finale six to one. There's really no reason South Florida shouldn't be good in baseball. That's something else that needs to improve in the new American. We need South Florida to be yep. good in baseball. And, and not to get off on a tangent, but very quickly, uh, and we may talk about this a little bit more on future shows that are not uh, baseball-centric, but uh, speaking That's of South Florida, they made a hire um, after parting ways with Brian Gregory, um, their men's basketball coach of, what, about seven or eight years at least. Uh, they they hired – Because they went there, yep. Yeah, they hired Mike Bray, uh, the former longtime Notre Dame head coach that also had a very successful stint at Delaware. And then prior to that, it had been Mike Krzyzewski's, I think, top assistant with Duke. Probably a good hire. Very good hire for them. And um, it's sad the way that turned out at, at the very end there, Mike Bray. But, uh, man, the uh, Kyle, did you hear about that? After uh, the last game, he literally went to the – it's a really cool bar apparently that I've never been to because I've never been to South Bend. But the linebacker, and he bought drinks for the people there. I just thought that was really cool. But um, And he got fired after that? or No, 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 no. He was already uh, – has said that that he was going to, you know, resign and stop uh, coaching there at Notre Dame. But great hire for USF, and it's good for the league too for basketball moving forward with – you know, losing Houston to have a great basketball coach like Mike Bray to come in for USF. And Florida Atlantic is coming into the league in basketball. And they're UAB. in the Sweet 16. Well, Florida Atlantic in the Sweet 16. UAB making a run in the NIT. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's, uh, I think this league's still going to be, it may still actually be, be stronger. It, 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 it's not going to have the sexy names, but in terms right. of, you know, I think it's going to be a pretty strong basketball league still. No doubt. No doubt about it. And I uh, appreciate uh Everything but football. Yeah, well, we'll see how that we'll see how that works out. But you know, the Pirates—it's going to be great for the Pirates. And by the way, want to remind our uh, nice segue there, Kyle, for us. Uh, remind our fans to go to ecupirates.com or one eight hundred dial ECU and get your spring or spring. Listen to me, your season tickets. Are they football. on sale? Are season football tickets on sale? I yes, they are. Well, I wouldn't know. Um, and, you know, uh, yeah. So, uh, good thing we're promoting it. ECUPirates.com or $100ECU to get your uh, football season tickets. And uh, not the sexiest home schedule, but you know what? Go watch the Pirates play. And uh, there's a couple of marquee games. You got Marshall and Tulane. Those are exciting. And uh, you got a Thursday night battle with SMU. So, um, uh, get your season tickets now. Be there. Watch uh, this new Pirate football team. And I'll touch on this briefly before we go. Two assistants leaving the staff at the start of spring ball, one to Maryland, yep. one to Northwestern. Um, it'll be interesting to see what we do in terms of hires. Uh, they were, they, you know, I, I mentioned the court Shankweiler maybe would be a good fit for wide receivers coach. Um, he's currently the quarterback's coach at Lafayette was wide receivers coach at FIU. It'd be nice to see court come back. Um, they were, they were minority coaches. And um, I believe that probably, you know, having, having African-American coaches on staff probably helps with recruiting just to be honest. So I don't know. Um, if we're going to go that route, uh, you, you know, you just hope the best candidate gets the job, in my opinion. But um, be interested to see who we hire um, with two openings. Uh, maybe one of the GAs gets promoted. 
Um, I'm hearing maybe there there's some, a chance of that, particularly maybe for the tight end position. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Yeah, you had Raquan Boyette getting uh, bumped to to running backs, uh, which was yep. not a, which was not a shock. Um, but um, at the same time, then you had um, so is Donnie working more with receivers right now? I would assume because I mean, you know, he's a great receivers coach. I, I, well, I know you had you had Ryan McManus who, who I believe served in multiple roles um, with our program prior to this. I think he came on board when he left Winston Salem State to where he was the offensive coordinator to come to East Carolina okay. as the, the senior offensive analyst. Okay. And, and then, uh, he, and I believe he's currently the director of football ops, but you know, when a coach leaves like that, you can, you can activate somebody on staff yeah. to an on field position. And uh, uh, he was one of the two that were activated. I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan, if Ryan McManus gets the tight ends or the wide receivers coaching position. Um, yeah. It would not surprise me at all. Yeah, if, yeah, if that's something uh, you know, with his background, uh, having been a quarterback at Wake Forest, um, and then having and OC, uh, having you know, OC experience level. at the yeah. Division Two level, yeah, that's very possible. Yeah, and good pedigree, Jerry McManus' son. Yep, definitely knows a lot of about the uh, landscape at East Carolina from his days. Uh, I believe he was a, a DH Conley Viking, if I'm not mistaken. What's Jerry doing now? He's down in Florida. He's he's coaching uh, coaching high school ball football at, at, in Venice or at, in, I believe it's Venice High School uh, with with Larry Shannon. Well, hell, yeah. let's just move. Yeah. Uh, let's just move uh, 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 coach back to receivers, and then just bring Jerry back as running backs coach, and have his son coach tight ends. Go ahead. I'm, I'm making it easy for you, Mike. I'm making your hires for you. <laughs> exactly. Well. We'll see how that goes. And by the way, we want to invite everybody to come out to the spring game. And that's going to be April the 8th, that, uh, that Saturday, April 8th, in just a few weeks. And uh, Pirates, it's going to be a lot of fun. And hopefully to see a lot I'm of fellow Pirates. Over. There you go. Got you. Hey, what coaches, man, coaches on the show with us too, man. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, but anyway, we'll get out of here. Hey, I uh, want to remind everybody about Absolute Empowerment, Bubba. Man, Coach has been on a roll. Uh, speaking of former coach on the staff, uh, Jeff Connors, strength and conditioning coach, he has been lightening up with shows recently. Yeah, obviously um, one of the larger fan bases in the NFL, um, you know, outside of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, when you, I know this year, obviously, it was um, a perfect storm for it and because the Panthers typically draw very well, but the Panthers struggling. Um, you had the, the Pittsburgh Steelers fans took over uh, Bank of America Stadium uh, that day. And um, I know that that's an awfully large fan base. And uh, Coach Connors had the opportunity to catch up with a guy who served in numerous roles uh, for the Steelers over his 20 or 21 years with the organization in the last six or seven as the general manager, and that's Kevin Colbert. Uh, yeah, that's cool. A, fe- a fellow uh, Pennsylvanian uh, like Jeff Connors. Um, he's from right there in Pittsburgh. He'd mm-hmm. also served a decade with the Miami Dolphins in front office roles. Uh, excellent conversation. I've only heard you know five or ten minutes of it. I'm looking forward to going back and uh, checking out that interview with former Pittsburgh Steelers general manager Kevin Colbert. Trivia question. Uh, Dave will probably get it. I'm guessing Bubba won't. Uh, who? What song and artist was this from? 
Just go and lay your hands on a Pittsburgh Steelers fans, and I think you're going to understand. Oh, my gosh. I should know that. And then, uh, It's 11.37 at night. I can't oh, think. Come on, Dave. I'm disappointed. Bubba, do you know? No, I was I was on another tab looking at something. So, well, I appreciate you listening, Bubba. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. You're welcome. That's Charlie Daniels, you you anti-American mofos. Say it again. Just go and lay your hand on the Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and I think you're going to understand. Okay. No, I I wouldn't have got it, but I, I actually uh, in America, Charlie Daniels. Yeah, that's a great so song. I actually, yeah. I, speaking of Charlie Daniels, I, I, I know you'll recognize this song, Kyle. Um, there's a few more rednecks. Yeah. So, so uh, I rem- you remember Jamie Ray, who played it's an outfielder for the Pirates back in the early Billy Godwin years, and I guess maybe the, also uh, a little for Coach Maisie. But uh, but Jamie Ray, uh, his walk up song. What this world needs is a few more more rednecks. I wonder if they would allow a player to use that now. I don't know. Great song. Great song. Definitely a good song. Uh, But anyway, Absolute Empowerment is great. By the way, we're going to check in. we got to work out our schedules with uh, Ryan Robinson. He's going to come back on the show with us. And I look forward to that conversation. In fact, we'll have just him on as one guest because – uh, we have a lot of questions. I know the the viewers and listeners have a lot of questions out in Pirate Nation. So we appreciate he's always been good to us coming on yeah. just like John Gilbert, transparent, and he answers all the questions. So we appreciate him very much and look forward to that conversation, uh, hopefully this week, maybe next week. So I appreciate Double R coming on. Yeah, good to have Ryan back on the show, uh, leading the Pirate Club and uh, a lot of things going on right now with uh, – with the campaign for the indoor practice facility and so on and so forth. So good to have Ryan on. We'll have a lot of questions for him as we talk about season ticket sales, pirate club membership and all that good stuff. And by the way, I want to give a shout out to speaking of the pirate club. We had a big donation today uh, by the Obertons. Um, so Parker Overton, Becky Overton, appreciate them very much. Uh, they didn't obviously disclose the amount, but um, pirates United has been going, that campaign is going very, very well. And a shout-out to Ryan Robinson and John Gilbert for, hey, uh, we have over half the money raised now for uh, the indoor practice facility, about half for baseball, I know, off the top of my head. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, Pirates Unite, and I uh, need to get more people to participate. I haven't given yet. I need to. Um, you know, So uh, more people to participate, the better. Um, I think it's a very – it's a it's a it's a slim number of pirate club members that have participated in Pirates Unite so far. They've given a lot, the ones that have, but uh let's uh let's low level donors give what we can too and uh get this thing going. It's something to keep in mind as far as that's concerned uh, with, double with your pirates, points. With pirates Unite. Yeah, double the priority points. Um and that's for every one hundred that's for every one hundred dollars, folks. And and then also um, to make things more manageable for people, obviously, you know, with the Pirate Club donation, you can. I'm just talking about your general Pirate Club donation that you make on an annual basis. That you can payment plan, baby. Yep, payment plan over 12 months or season tickets you know, over five, over five, six, or seven months. I think it is. Yep, um, same thing. You know, this I think you can you can make your Pirates unite over over uh, X number of years, like what three or five years, right? Yeah. Wow. Yes, that's why I'm giving 2,500 total, 500 for each campaign, individual campaign, the part of the Pirates Unite. There's five projects, 
So I wanted to be fair to like the lady pirates for the um, swim team, their locker room. Uh, I gave 500 that 500 to Menji's for the upgrades, 500 for the team's building, 500 for baseball and 500 for, um, for the indoor practice facility. And Hey, um, once we have, uh, who knows however long we've got this campaign going on, maybe I can add more, but I thought if that's the least I could do is 2,500. Yeah. And, uh, good job, uh, Dave. And, um, I will donate something. It will not be 2,500, but I will be donating something. And I'm sure Mr. Rosenbaum will as well. And, and that's something in pirate nation. Don't ever think that, you know, you know, my hundred bucks or whatever, whatever you give. If everybody it, goes it, to football games, because if, we had, if we had thousands yeah. doing that, then, uh, then it's the same uh, difference. Yeah. But we had 50,000 people give a hundred dollars. That's, um, how much money is that? That's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> 500,000? Something? No. I don't know. No? Okay. Johnny, help me out. Johnny Robertson, build me out. 50,000 50, 50, 50, times 100, and that would be 5 million. 5 million, yeah. Are you right. serious? Wow. Good it's, God. Yeah, add, add two zeros. Good God. Okay. You get, a little math on the air for our viewers. Yeah, there. just think about that. We could raise $5 million if we can keep in mind. We love that 50000 to come to the game. Some of them are suited, some of them are children. But just think about Just think if we could give, give 30000 to 30,000 adults, you would say, that come to the ECU games to give $100 each. We'd raise $3 million. $3 million. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that is, that's something to think about. Yes, it is. And, you know, uh, and folks, be sure to follow us on social media. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, also, uh, like and follow us on Facebook. On Twitter, we can be found at the Sports OBJ, and then on Instagram and TikTok is just simply at the Sports Objective. And so, um, be sure to like, follow, subscribe on all of those platforms. We're everywhere. We appreciate everybody and their support of the show and. Uh... Guys had a lot of fun here on extra innings as always. Good luck to the Pirates on Wednesday night. Hopefully our uh, people, our folks in the southeast part of the state can go to Segra Stadium there in Fayetteville and see our Pirates take on Campbell and Justin Herod and the great skipper that he is for the camp, fighting the Camels. So appreciate them. All right, uh, guys, do you have anything before we go? I got nothing. Uh, go Pirates against the unfiltered Camels. <laughs> Joe Camel, right? Yeah. Bubba, you have anything? Yeah. Go Pirates, and let's pick up a big a midweek win. Uh, be nice to get a win over a top 20 team. Uh, obviously, also the in-state factor for the biggest thing, you know, getting a win over a team like Campbell that's uh, top 20 and RPI. probably going to be a conference champion, uh, as they have been. I think, I think they may be looking for a four-peat. Well... I knew they've won a lot. They've dominated that conference for so long, moving to the CAA next year. So we'll see how that goes. But good luck to the Pirates uh, there. And also this weekend, as they're taking on the George Mason Patriots at Clark LeClaire Stadium, uh, go, get your tickets, ecupirates.com, 1-800-DOLL-ECU. Yeah, and remind everybody also, Dave, um, that this Sunday the Globetrotters will be in, in Greenville at Menchie's Coliseum. So uh, um, I don't, you know, I haven't, I don't know how well that's been promoted, but uh, if you want to take the kids out for something to do Sunday afternoon, uh, don't forget the Globetrotters will be in town. You can get your tickets at ecupirates.com. And there's a wide range of ticket prices there from, from the 20s on up to about 70 bucks. So uh, depending on where you want to sit. But 
there's something to do Saturday afternoon with your kids in Greenville to watch Club Trotters. It's awesome. In fact, I hate that we can't be there. Alex is, is it Sunday afternoon or Sunday night, Dave? Sunday afternoon off the top of my head, but I, okay. I, um, I don't remember the exactly the time, but it's a Sunday afternoon. It's a great experience, a lot of fun. And uh, just, I hate, uh, we have a AAU tournament in Rocky Mount or we would be there. Our kids love it. And it was a lot of fun. We've done that uh, like two times now, but anyway, uh, that that's a lot of fun. Check that out again, ecpirates.com and under tickets, look for special events and you'll find uh, the Harlem Globetrotters. All right, we'll get out here. Good luck to the pirates this week. And if there's any breaking news, you'll hear it from us obviously on social media and maybe even emergency podcast. You've been watching extra innings presented by next level training center. And it's right here on the sports objective. Good night, everybody. Go pirates. Are we expecting? Hey, Pirate Nation, this is former East Carolina pitcher Davey Penny of the Keith LeClaire era, class of 2003. Keep it tuned to the sports objective as you follow our Diamond Bucks on the road to Omaha, because y'all know we're going. That concludes this week's edition of Extra Innings, presented by Next Level Training Center on the sports objective. Join us next Sunday night as we will once again talk East Carolina Pirate Baseball. Be sure to follow the show on social media at the Sports OBJ on Twitter, at the Sports Objective on Instagram. Like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Listen to the show pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. As always, we appreciate you tuning into the show. Go Pirates!